0: Betches Media presents.
1: Ha ha! Laugh funny.
0: Mention it all. A Bravo by Betches podcast.
1: We don't say that, but now we said
0: it. With me, Dylan Hafer. Hold
1: we'll on, check me, boo. Hey
0: everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer, and it is Friday, so you know what that means. I'm talking about Winterhouse this week's episode was an improvement on last week. I think I spent probably the first few minutes of last week's Friday Winter House Recap episode complaining about the episode being boring. And, you know, I every week I just take what's given to me. And this week we got some some more delicious food than last week. That's for sure. And I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm grateful for all of you listening. Uh, If you are not subscribed to the show, make sure to go ahead and do that. We've got some exciting stuff coming down the pipeline. Yesterday, I recorded an interview with Anisha and Brian from Family Karma. It was a really great chat. Their season premiere is on Sunday. And you guys, it is, it's a good one. It is a great season premiere. I think it's going to be a fun season. It's a fun interview. That's coming out on Tuesday of next week. So, you know, just make sure you're subscribed. Hit that little button so you never miss an episode. Uh, But in the meantime, we are back in Vermont. We are still at Austin's Saints and Sinners dinner, um, which really I think was just an excuse for him to wear a costume. But we leave off with him repenting to Sierra for everything that has happened with them in the past and just like I predicted last week, she forgives him. Uh, <laughs> even though we got a big buildup of that, and it's you know in the preview, and it's uh, to be continued and all of that stuff, she's like, yep, we're good. We actually were already good, and now you're bringing it up again, but I still have forgiven you, so yep, we are still good, despite what everybody else wants to say and making us feel awkward. We have, in fact, uh, forgiven each other, and we are good. I guess it kind of comes with the territory of being on reality TV that you can never really just apologize one time and then truly move on from something. But it is a little bit like we as a collective society, <laughs> we have moved past the need for Austin and Sierra to rehash their drama. We've, we've seen it. We've heard it. We've felt it. We get it. We see each other. So, like later that night when they're partying and they go sit down to talk about stuff, it's like, ugh, we're good. You guys did this already. It's done. Sierra's telling him he needs therapy so he can, you know, figure out how to nurture his relationships or whatever. It's like, okay, yeah, probably. But you're good, you know, just let it let it ride out. Austin, I mean, he (laughs) is in this weird back and forth of Can't seem to come up with a straight answer for his situation with Olivia. He doesn't have a girlfriend. He's not exclusive, but he has a girl back home that he would like to marry in two years. And they did say they're not going to see other people. So I guess he's not going to hook up with anyone else in the house. And he's FaceTiming her, but he doesn't have a girlfriend. That He wouldn't put that label on it. But he does feel weird being in the house with Sierra. It's like... (sighs) Austin... We all just watched that season of Southern Charm at no point, which, you know, maybe the edit, I don't, at no point in that season of Southern Charm, did it feel like Austin and Olivia were in like an exclusive kind of relationship. Maybe the closest they got to that point was before Friendsgiving when they brought, when she brought a date and he went and hooked up with Sierra. And I feel like from that point on, on the show, at least, it never seemed like they were Moving toward any kind of actual relationship. So to hear him say to Tom Sandoval, you know, like, I think I might marry this girl in two years, it's like, what planet are we on right now? Where? Where? We've seen all of this on camera. You're not marrying her. I would love to hear Olivia's perspective on that in that exact moment. But Olivia's not here for better or for worse. Probably for better. I don't need Olivia on Winter House. We do get some other repentances, though, at this dinner. Jessica repents for calling Corey Craig, though she will do so once again in about an hour's time. Rachel repents for ripping Corey's shirt the night before. Whatever. And then Craig repents for yelling at Luke and for, you know, hurting his his bro's feelings, which is nice. They've already talked about it. Paige really wants to try and get another apology out of Craig that is less successful. He acknowledges that he and Paige have had to work through some obstacles and that he is not the easiest person to date, but stops short of actually apologizing for anything. And I'm, I'm having a little trouble with Paige and Craig this season. Because I'm not sure how I'm supposed to feel watching this whole thing unfold. Because we see Paige kind of growing more and more frustrated with some of Craig's behaviors and his attitude and, you know, the way he speaks to Sierra at dinner the next night is kind of a whole thing. We we see those frustrations and she really is starting to get kind of upset about it. At the end of the episode, she's getting emotional with Amanda. But then... We also get a scene of them waking up in the morning and they're like, Oh, this is so perfect. I love being here with you. I have no complaints. And obviously, I know that human emotions are complex and you can feel multiple things in any given situation. I wish Paige would do a better job of expressing her feelings and talking through those things with Craig rather than just talking about them with Sierra or Amanda and then kind of acting like everything is okay. Because I think even if Craig might not be the most receptive, I feel like in terms of a healthier way of trying to work through your issues, or if they can't be worked through, then that's a bigger problem to deal with. It feels like those conversations need to be had. And it's a little bit like, okay, well, we're not going to deal with this right now. So I'm just going to go talk about it to Amanda. And it's like, I get it. You're on vacation, kind of, but when you don't live together, (laughs) when you don't live in the same state and you're spending two weeks in a house with someone, is that vacation or is that like a test run of what a normal relationship would look like? Something to consider. I don't have all the answers, shockingly. But yeah, Jessica and Corey are also a developing situation. Like I said, she repents for calling him Craig repeatedly, but then does it again the same night He seems annoyed, but he kind of storms off and he tells us that his strategy with women has always been to do the exact opposite of what the other men in the room are doing. So like whatever Luke and Jason do, he's going to do the opposite, which then I guess makes women throw their underwear at him. He says it's been very successful. I don't I would love for somebody with like a sociology degree or maybe like a relationship expert to explain this phenomenon. But to me, he's just kind of explaining why it is okay for him to be a little bit of an asshole sometimes. That's kind of what I'm getting from this, that it's like, whoa, 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 no, 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 I'm not an asshole, but I've realized that what works for me is sometimes to just do the opposite of, so if Jason is the nice guy, then I can act like an asshole. And then the women will want to sleep with me. But I'm not an asshole. And it's 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 really like, a if it looks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck. You know, if I'm talking to someone and they're acting like an asshole and they're wanting me to get that vibe from them, I'm not going to play devil's advocate with myself and be like, oh, well, maybe he's doing this thing where he thinks the other guys are being too nice. So then he's going to be like a little mean. And then, (laughs) look, I don't need to play games with myself. My brain is enough of a nightmare as it is. I don't need to make things more complicated. If you're being an asshole to me, I'm just going to try my best to walk the other way. It might not always work, because, you know, the asshole thing. <laughs> I, I I get what he's saying. It works sometimes, but I don't know. I, I can't condone that. I simply can't, and I won't. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? and D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to clariton.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. The next morning, the Toms arrive. The house is, of course, a disaster. Um, and they're like, oh, it's nice in here. And they're like, no, it's not. Uh, Tom Sandoval in his confessional is wearing a bolo tie where the like clasp is a large... Silver Tiger, so that's the wavelength we're going for this go round with Tom. He also wears a kilt to the Arctic Games the next day and is playing the guitar about thirty seconds after arriving at the house. All I'm going to say about the art Ar- Arctic, do we say? I feel like I feel like when when we were kids, we collectively. I don't. We're not all the same age, but I feel like it used to. You could just say Arctic, like you were kind of like getting rid of that second C, the first C, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. But now I feel weird not pronouncing it. I feel like it should be the Arctic games. But that is unpleasant. Arctic? Arctic. Arctic. Like, it just feels like that first C is like a, is like you're screeching to a halt in the middle of the word, Arctic. Whatever. Um, If you're an expert on the Arctic, Arctic, please uh, let me know in a five-star review whether that first C is actually crucial to pronouncing the word correctly, because now I'm tripping myself up over it. Uh, But anyway, I pretty much never pay attention when they're playing games on these shows. I couldn't be more bored. It doesn't matter to me. I'm like, I don't care who wins the ping pong sled down the hill ice race that's not what I'm here to talk about. When Housewives is on a cast trip to like a lake house somewhere and they're playing some game in the yard. No, No. Congratulations to everybody who loves those scenes. I get why they're there. We need some filler content sometimes, but like, that's one bullet point in my notes. And then we are moving on. Uh, Schwartz is already clearly going through it with Katie. This was an interesting thing. When we knew about the timeline of the filming and the divorce and all of this stuff, we knew that we were going to be getting some kind of headed for trouble energy from Tom Schwartz. But I don't think we knew kind of exactly where things were in the process, what he was going to talk about. And, you know, he's pretty much keeping it together, at least in this first episode that he arrives. He's talking to Kyle, you know, about how things are stressful. Don't do it like me having, you know, things have been better, whatever. But he says in the confessional, he says, Katie already formally sat me down and divorced me, which it sounds like that means their divorce is final. I think probably in Schwartz language, what that means is she told me that we are getting divorced. Not. (laughs) So like, she divorced me is just meaning that like she said she wants a divorce, most likely. But That's big news because if you think back, I'm pretty sure when Katie and Tom first announced that they were splitting up, I think it, I don't think they used the D word in their initial statement. I think they said they were separating or they were ending their marriage or something. And then pretty shortly after, we're like, yes, we're getting divorced. But, you know, for him to say here that they've already had that conversation, it's like, okay, so it's, it's over, over. He's not ready to really accept it or tell people about it, which I understand, but it's over. It's happening. I'm curious to see how that plays out the rest of the time he's at the winter house, because I feel like it has to come up a little bit more. You know, you know, Schwartz, he'll have one too many drinks and he'll be sobbing in a ball on the floor. So that'll be probably next week's episode. But yeah, and then uh, Paige got Craig a snowboard for his birthday, and he doesn't use it, doesn't bring it, because something is wrong with the bindings. I don't know. If you know more about snowboards and could understand why that was uh, so frustrating, let me know. But uh, in general, Paige and Craig, vibe isn't great. I wish they would uh, just kind of sit down and have a heart-to-heart and get it all out in the open, because I feel like, you know, we're trying to have healthy relationships here. We're trying to be the Jason and Rachel they are the only ones not giving me any toxic energy. Jason is a little bit shy. He doesn't want to come on too strong. All the girls gas Rachel up. They're like, yes, he's into you. Yes, he's into you. Make the move. She makes the move. It's going great. Love to see it. Everybody go into this weekend and be more like Jason and Rachel, Right? Okay, thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show, like I said, so you never miss an episode. You can follow us on Instagram at BravoBybetches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. <laughs>
1: Betches.